The Frequency 49 show is brought to you by Niner Empire GB. Welcome to the Frequency 49 show. I'm Paul McDonald. The 49ers are into the meaty part of the 2022 NFL season and saw the Miami Dolphins pay a visit to Santa Clara. What was expected to be a tough game ended up being a game of revelations. Joining me to talk through the game are Deepak Gohill and Nathaniel James. Good evening to you, gents. Hi, evening, everyone. Hi, everyone. Good evening. So, the, the game... <laughs> where do we start with this game? We've just been talking... There's probably not two hours worth of material in this game, so we're going to try and crack through and see what we can come up with. Uh, the game starts off first play from scrimmage, and the 49ers were down by a touchdown. We knew that Miami were going to bring their offense. We weren't expecting that, were we, Deepak? Well, no, but, I mean, you can see what they were trying to do. They were going to have a go really early, weren't they? And uh, and it paid off for them. They got the quarterback. That kid can definitely play. And we're not going to spend two hours trying to pronounce Tagovailolonamola or whatever his name is. <laughs> I, ha- I actually had to look up how to pronounce his name. And believe it or not, it is Tungavailoa. I don't know how because there's no N in his name, but it's pronounced Tungavailoa. Um, he has got an arm on him. Um, luckily, the 49ers seem to have had his number going through the through the rest of the game. Um, Nathaniel, what were your thoughts on the game overall? Um, initially, I was like, "Oh God!" We, we, like they put on us the back, you know, straight away. You were you were put on the back foot, really, weren't you? You just yeah, thinking, yeah. "Oh God!" That play, you're thinking this could end kind of. This could be quite a, you know, you you didn't want a repeat of what happened when we played Kansas City, but potentially this could have very much ended up but I think you know it was a mixture of emotions it's like literally it's like I don't know if you can have a season in one football game because for that for me that's that's how it felt you know do you know what I mean yes in terms yeah of the fact that you you know you lose you, you literally you get on the back foot straight away you suddenly then lose your, your starting quarterback and then you know you get you know this this fresh rookie that you know in in terms of Purdy that comes in. So uh, yeah, I, I, it was a great game to it was a great game to watch, but yeah, it was shocking more than more than anything else because I think obviously you've got all that story that that followed with it, um, which I'm sure we're we're probably going to get onto. But yeah, it for me it was a a game that could only be described as a a season. In one game, <laughs> yeah, a, a sixty-minute season. Um, as you alluded to, um, the the Forty Nineers' first drive didn't exactly go as planned. With us losing, not technically our starting quarterback because we lost him at the beginning of the season, but we did lose our backup quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo went down to what we initially thought was a broken foot. Um, and a season-ending injury. It now looks like it might not be as serious. He doesn't need surgery, which is very, very good news. We could theoretically see him back in the playoffs. I don't know whether that's a great thing. Deepak? Well, you know, we did feel a lot of things about that game, but I think the overriding one for me was gut punch because Jimmy is playing the best football he's played as a 49er and things look to be on track and... You know, it wasn't I, it wasn't meant to end that way for him. So let's hope it's not the season ender. But there are so many ramifications about what happened to Jimmy G. It's 
put a different spin on the quarterback controversy. He gets hurt mm. a lot. And the last time, I think he's managed one full season of games as a 49. I believe so, yeah, yeah. You know, and that's not a, a down on him. Players don't volunteer to get hurt. But there comes a point where you think, just what do we have to do to get a healthy quarterback, you know? But yeah, then, yeah. I forgot what your question was now. But, yeah, I mean, <laughs> this was a... This was a test for this team because the last time we played a team this strong was probably the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, legit contenders. Mm. Mm. And, um, you know, I think our defense handled it because I still don't think our offense is humming yet. And I don't know whose fault it is, but it's not really singing the tune that it should be singing. uh, In my opinion, you know, it's, yeah, it took a while for them to get going. And then, of course, the horrendous injury with Jimmy G. And my initial reaction was that his last snap as a 49er should not have been that one. You know, it should have been mm. where the Super where is it? Is in Phoenix this year? I, don't, I can't even remember. But that should not have been his last snap. He deserved more for what he's done for the team. You know, but yeah, I mean, where do we unpack this? Where, where do we unpack this? He was playing fantastic. And then came Mr. Irrelevant, who became highly re- relevant. And I think it's really unfair not to say highly competent too, because Birdie played a hell of a game. Yeah, Absolutely he fair. really did. Yeah. Apparently, the first Mr. Irrelevant to throw a touchdown in the NFL. Which, in in the yeah, incredible start. Right. Um, to think of how many Mr. Irrelevants have been, and nobody's thrown a touchdown in the NFL before him. Yeah. And he had a great game. He really, he didn't have just have a good game. He held his own in that game. And then some. And, you know, I yeah. think there's a reason for that because Purdy has played on the scout team at the 49ers. So in the training, what they usually do is the scout team plays <clears throat> against our defense. So they simulate plays mm. where the team are going to be playing. So whilst he's not taken any NFL snaps, first team snaps, this guy's been playing against an elite defense since the start of the season or through summer camp. So yeah. He sort of yeah. knows what's coming, you know? Purdy went 25 of 37 for 210 yards. There was two touchdowns. There was one interception. We can forgive him one interception. Jimmy was throwing up interceptions all the time previously, so I'm sure we can forgive the guy one interception. Um, also, that interception was basically a punt, wasn't it? And, and not a bad punt. Yes. You know, so no blood, no foul in that case. I think the thing that concerns me a, a little bit, um, and I, I, Dipak, you, you raised it a minute ago in the fa- fact that our offense isn't kind of, at times it's not that they're not coming coming out to, you know, we're not having that initial sort of punch. But but I guess the other thing that kind of concerns me, I mean, you, you saw what Purdy was capable of, which was, you know, it surprised me because you just, yeah, he did become certainly Mr. Relevant by, by the end of it. And, to be honest, I thought, wow, that for for his first game, you know, that that's that's not bad, really, is it? Mm. But I guess the, the the one thing that does concern me is the fact that you, do you know what I mean? We, our offensive line, and I, I did raise it. I, I, it really does concern the fact that because, in theory, I mean, it, it could have very well be, you know, it could well very well be. You know, we hope Garoppolo will be back by postseason, um, and you know, we we, we do, but. I guess the thing that really does get to me a little bit is the fact that if our offensive line had held, then, you know, Garoppolo would still be, 
you know, active and we'd be, you know, sort of sitting with him. Now, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I think, you know, Purdy, it, it's interesting that, you know, we've got, we've got sort of, um, in theory, um, now Purdy escaped the pocket. He managed to make a good pass. I can't remember what player it was on, but it was actually interesting for him to just kind of, you know, sort of get out and step aside, you know, sort of and just make a, you know, an incredible pass. I think it was, it might have been to Kittle. I can't really remember the play itself, but it was to, to get out of that pocket. It just seemed quite, you know, he seemed quite effective. Um, I, I guess it's good to see that you know you have two in, in, in also in terms of I mean not that we saw much of it with with Trey Lance but when he did you know because we unfortunately we, he, we, he went down to injury but um, I, I think do you know what I mean it, it, it does concern me that you know we, we're, we're overly reliant we, we are reliant on our, our offensive line to actually hold because I think it then you know gives them capability you know for whoever's at quarterback to make a play and actually get it down the field. Because if the play breaks down, we've seen it, you know, countless times by Garoppolo. Not that I'm trying to make, you know, but what I'm saying is that we've seen it countless times that, you know, when the play collapses, suddenly you've got, you you know, you don't know what, you know, what's going to happen. I thought it was quite good that, you know, when we saw Birdie, he actually, when the play did break down, yeah, because there were a couple of occasions he just threw it out of bounds, or he just threw it away, and I think that's what you need. You know, that, yeah. Sometimes in terms of, you know, kind of going forward and having that 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 capability of moving the play up the field and and everything else. Um, but yeah, it was a really a good positive start from him from from Mister Relevant. We should call him that. <laughs> yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah, we should change his name to Mister Relevance. The other thing that I, that that became very apparent during the game is. The amount of confidence that he had, he wasn't afraid to throw into traffic. He wasn't afraid to thread that ball through the tightest of holes. Supremely confident that it would be caught on the other side. And some of those passes were absolutely incredible. Yeah, and I think that comes through, look at the structure that we've got in place that grooms our quarterbacks. You know, If only we could teach them to be healthy. But going back to the O-line thing, there's been plenty of occasions when the offensive line has stood firm and we still haven't racked points on the board. So I think Mm. it's slightly Mm. disingenuous just to play the O-line card here and there. I think uh, there is another problem and I don't know what it is. I think about it and I think about it and I'm thinking, why with all these weapons is this team really struggling without the help of its defense? It really shouldn't be. Looking at the time of possession, um, the 49ers had about 40 minutes of the game against uh, the Dolphins, 19 minutes. That's a marked change to the, the way the 49ers used to be, where we would have the defense on the on the field for the majority of the time. Yeah, and it's about time that they had a little bit of a rest, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And it, it, it shows massively in the games because the defense are coming on uh, onto the field in a much better condition and having a much better game for it. Yeah. I mean, I would still argue that the defence really won that game because we never really made it safe until the D really just thought, we're just going to ice it ourselves because you guys aren't yeah. done. You know, we was, it was still touch and go. I think Miami had a possession where they would have made it. it would, they'd kept it a two-possession game until I think, that yeah, they were driving and then that's when we made the first turnover to sort yeah. of really just kill it then and then we then we got another turnover that we scored from but until then you know 
they, they were Miami were not letting up. They weren't going to give up, and 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 I respect that. I truly do. So I, I would also I would just say I, in my opinion, I mean people could argue with me. I think the defense really won the game again for this team. Nat, do you think do you think that this was this this has been the biggest test of the season so far for the 49ers? Um I think that the the biggest test for and and the fact that you know it has been a test it, it, is the you know resilience that's been shown by by the team um and the fact that you know it has it has been quite um that that emotional kind of roller coaster you know losing losing Lance right at the start of the season you know really did set us back because obviously we wanted this this kid to develop and be you know the the, the <laughs> a special quarterback that could you know take us you know all the way um but I think you know kind of going back to you know kind of that question I, I think it's hard because you know you have a lot of guys that from a defensive perspective um you know have been been out um we've we haven't had a fit you know, sort of Dre Greenlaw or, or an Eric Armstead, and, and that's had an impact. Um, I, I think offensively, we've all, uh, we've had struggles as well in in terms of not having you know our our, um, our key running back, um, mm. and, and that's that's made it quite quite difficult. Um, and then you've also had the adjustment of having to have McCaffrey come in, who you know hasn't played for for the you know he hasn't played for the Forty ers He'd have he's had to in theory, learn a whole new offense. Um, but he's actually, you know, obviously he's he's really, really flourished. I know that, we, you know, he is going to him. But I think it has been a big test for these guys. But, you know, the, the fact that we're now, we're, we're eight and four, you know, it really has established that, you know, we, we can, we can, and I, my, my opinion was that if we won against Miami, which we did, which we have done, you know, my, my theory was that we would potentially, you know, we would be going, deep in the playoffs now all right yeah I, I wanted with with that perspective Jimmy you know to to be our quarterback because as Dipak um, alluded to he's had the best season that that he's had you know this since he's been since his first year so I yeah. I, I really yeah it, it has been a challenge but they, they they've met that challenge the team's met the challenge. Deepak what are your thoughts on that do you think that this has been the toughest test for the 49ers as a team and then looking forward to the last few games of the season do you is there anyone that that, that could be a bigger test than um than well, Miami I think when we're talking about tests we it depends really on how we're looking at it because you see maybe I overthink things which you probably know I do but when <laughs> Mike Shanahan started this season Jimmy Garoppolo was not his starting quarterback let alone yeah, yeah. Brock Purdy. So he's had to change for Jimmy, and now he's had to change for... We've had as many quarterbacks as we've had prime ministers this season, right? And <laughs> <laughs> so the challenge we've got is, you know, Brock Purdy steps in and wins the game against a marquee quarterback like Tuvo Miami's quarterback, okay? Now, next week, he's up against Tom Brady. Week after that, he's up against Seattle in a game that could decide the destiny of the NFC West. You know, so... All of yeah. a sudden, this kid is in three huge games, which, whilst they would have been still very relevant and extremely important games, this has just put a different spin on it because he is, you know, the last pick of the NFL draft. And now all of a sudden, yeah. the expectation is on him 
to win this game. And really, our Super Bowl expectations lie in this kid's hands to a large degree. So I think in terms of tests, literally every single game now is a test for this team because it, it's, it's a hard reset in so many ways in terms of managing our own expectations simply because we just were not prepared for Brock Purdy to lead this team going down what is actually quite a difficult stretch. There aren't too many gimmies in there apart from maybe Arizona, but they always seem to have our numbers. So even then, not really, yeah, gimmie, yeah. you know, so a lot of things are going to challenge this team, but you know, there's no opportunity for us to say our work's done. We can take a little breather, perhaps put some of the scrubs in because we just don't have that anymore. And in terms mm. of tests, the next test is Tom Brady. How will, how will this kid, will he beat Tom Brady? Could you imagine if Mr. Irrelevant beats somebody who's going to be in Canton first all back? <laughs> well, we'll discuss that in the second half of the podcast. Yeah. Uh, when we, uh, when we have our Buccaneers preview, right. um, Looking at one of the uh, one of the standouts on the defense, Nick Bosa, he is having a season, isn't he? Phenomenal! Did you guys catch the the thing he said to Mike Shanahan? Shanahan was talking about the D line not pulling their weight, and he did not like it, and he pulled him up on it as well. He's he dropped a few s bombs in the in the press match uh, in the post match conference about it. It was quite funny, but yeah, Bosa is an animal. And uh, he's going to need paying real soon. <laughs> he's yeah, amazing. I mean, fourteen sacks this season. I mean, we, we really, you, you know, it's coming, don't you? You know, when, when we have to extend his contract, you know, he's going to be, he, he's going to cost a lot, but he's well worth it, isn't he? I mean, the way that he plays, he can just, he, he's so quick off the mark, isn't he? He just, he, he gets past and he, he takes down, you know, quarterbacks like any. So, yeah, I, I you know, you've got to like him. I think, you know, obviously there was always that kind of controversy as to how he would be and how he would react. But, you know, Mm. the the man is a standout professional and he's, you know, he's certainly having, you know, a career, you know, a career season. Yeah, yeah. 14 and a half sacks on the season. He's had six sacks, oh, six games with at least one sack, which puts him second on the leaderboard in 49ers history. Only Alden Smith, Dana Stubberfield, and Dwayne Board have got more sacks or more games with one sack in, um, and that's seven. He could match that in the next game against Tom Brady, and he is gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna want that, isn't he? He's gonna want a sack against Tom Brady just because it's Tom Brady. Let's face it. <laughs> and you know, I dare say he'll get it as well. You know, I think he will. Yeah. The, 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 it doesn't look it doesn't look plausible that he could go a game without a sack right now. Yeah, it really doesn't, does it? I mean, this guy is just it's just astonishing, isn't he? Just watching him play, he's just the next a different gravy, that guy. Um, but look at the support cast as well. You know, our, our defense is just loaded with top, top, top premium level talent. It's not just yeah. closer. They're all phenomenal. As we said, um, as we've said many times on the podcast through this season, this is probably the most impressive 49ers team, uh, 49ers squad that we have seen in living memory. Yeah, We have. Yeah. Uh, again, see, this is the problem. And I think about it 
really from Shanahan's perspective. What does the guy have to do to have a quarterback that he can see out one full season with? You know, he wants yeah. that. He needs that for us to win. And the team needs that level of continuity, you know. And so far, we don't have that. You know, Jimmy's had two massive injuries in his career. One was the ACL. The second was the high ankle sprain. This one we don't know about. If it is a broken foot, that's quite serious. And if it's not, mm. you know, how we've seen Jimmy come back from injury when he wasn't quite ready and he was very ineffective when, when yeah, he yeah. came back from injury. So Shani's like, just somebody throw me a bone. And I wouldn't be at all surprised if Shani went on the hunt for a, a seasoned veteran or a decent veteran in the next opportunity that he gets. Because he might just think, you know what, sod this. I just want someone I can rely on. I'm not saying Jimmy's unreliable, but he gets hurt. And he gets hurt a lot. And he puts the team into this situation. I know we love him. I know the players love him. But at the end of the day, we're not going to win if we keep losing our QB1, which is what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. And when when your QB1 is QB3, as good as he was... They, they they brought in Josh Johnson, haven't they, as um as a backup QB to Brock Purdy. Um people aren't too happy about that, but at the end of the day, we don't have a massive amount of choice right now. No, and no. also there's a huge level of expectation on Brock Purdy for purely because of the way he played against Miami. You know, mm. I mean, he might have just gone lucky and had the great game. He might be terrible in the next game. We don't know. I mean, I, my personal belief is I think he'll he'll still continue to raise some eyebrows next Sunday. I think he's going to have a good game, but that's not for this conversation. But I think, you know, we need this level of continuity at quarterback. And I remember, and I think Paul probably will, and maybe you, Nat, when the Chicago Bears won the 1985 Super Bowl on the strength of that defense, and everyone... Mm-hmm gets lost in the romance of that Bears defense. But you know what? They had an average quarterback who played lights out every game, and that was Jim McMahon. You know, he wasn't a, 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 in the Montana bracket or the or the Danny White of the Cowboys or the Randall Cunninghams of the Eagles. He wasn't in that bracket. But he played so well for an average quarterback that it helped that defense enormously. And our defense does need some help from the offense now. The offense really needs to to contribute more to these wins. You know, I'm not saying it doesn't, but I think it needs to do a lot more than it's currently doing. But I think like, you know, it's quite interesting because obviously, you know, we have spoken about it and we've talked about the fact that, you know, you lose, you lose Garoppolo, um, which, you know, is really quite hard because, you know, it affects the other, other players on the team. And then you get the court, you know, you get Josh Johnson, but then, all of a sudden, Baker Mayfield becomes available. Then you start scratching your head and thinking, do we go after him? Do we go after a guy that... Do you know what I mean? To be honest, I think, you know, like um, Brock, you know, he did did play well, but I, I still think that, you know, some of the other guys like, you know, McCaffrey, um, Brandon Ayuk, um, Debo, not so much. I mean, he's, he's doing all right, but, you know, you've got Ayuk, you know, Kittle, um, Jennings, um, Juice. Um, you've got quite a quite a lot of guys and, and guys that are stepping up, you know, in terms of Mason and everything else. But, uh, you know, having that quarterback, that, that almost that, 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 I don't know what it is, that, that, that kind of quarterback that's almost, I would say, possibly average. But, but, you know, if you put a quarterback in that position with that supporting cast, you know, 
he's he's got quite a good you know receiving and rushing team right there hasn't he really um so what i'm trying to allude to is that you could have i, I guess what I, I can see what you're saying you know um dipak in the fact that you could just have like based on what you're you're making that comparison to almost the 49ers being like the chicago bears <laughs> but i, I guess it, 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 yeah it's we're on a no. we're, we're on a high at the moment aren't we because we've had we've had such um a successful number of games. I, I, I would love it. You know, I, I would love it if we if we won this won the Super Bowl this year. Um, I think everybody else would because we, we, you know, it's been far far too long, and, and we've got we have got that team. We have got a, a, an offense that is capable of that. Um, but it's you know, as I say, it's, it's like it, it, it's just one of these. We'll just have to see what 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 happens and how it pans out. The window to win this Lombardi is getting tighter and tighter all the time. And I think, mm. you know, after this season's over, we're going to have to renegotiate contracts for some of the higher-performing higher players on the team. They're going to want paying. You know, how long can we keep this talent-studded team together? You know, obviously winning a Lombardi this season would help in terms of talent retention. You know, they'd want to win it again, for sure. But how long can we keep going without winning one when it's things like losing your starting quarterback, it's the worst luck. I don't think there's a single team in the NFL that's had this type of catastrophe when it comes to losing its starting quarterbacks as much as this kind of team. Yeah. You know, it's, it's horrible. It is. Um, looking at the, the comparison table, total first downs for the 49ers was 24. The Dolphins had 14 first downs. Their down efficiency, the 49ers were 8 of 19. Dolphins, zero for seven. They had a 0% efficiency on third down. That is a testament to the defense that we've got. Like like you both said, that the defense played lights out and put the 49ers on their backs when they they felt that the 49ers offense couldn't get this game sorted, get, get this game boxed off for them. Yeah, and also I think it's worth squeezing in a special mention to special teams. And Robbie Gould became... I think the ninth highest scorer was at the tenth in the NFL. So uh, you know, it's this thing what they've been saying all the while: complementary football. You know, if the yes, defense yeah. is playing well, the offense does, vice versa. But I'm not saying the F, the offense is playing badly. I just think it should contribute a tiny bit more than it or than it is. I know that we um, we we've, we've spoken about the line um, and Mike McGlinchey on the line, but we won't say anymore about him. Um, <laughs> And the the line have played poorly this season. This, in in the game against Miami, I was surprised at the stat that we've got here. Purdy faced 13 blitzes by the Dolphins. He went 8 of 12 on those blitzes for 54 yards. He was sacked on one. That's not, that's not a bad performance by the O-line. No, that's not a bad performance on the O-line, but also I think we need to recognise and praise Purdy. Um, there was a yeah. time when the yeah. pressure was so fierce. And um, if you notice what happened after a while, he just got rid of the ball so quickly. So we were playing a lot of um, screens, if yeah. you remember, to Christian McCaffrey. Yes. George Kittle, he was hitting juice. These were all one-look reads, yeah? It was bam, bam, bam. He did not want to stick around for that pass rush to get yeah. in his face. Because Miami knew that if they hurt this guy, then we really are screwed, you know? Yeah. But what made the difference as well was he was accurate with it. 
he wasn't throwing the ball high. He wasn't throwing the ball behind the receivers. The ball was on the numbers. It it was where it needed to be on most, if not all, of those occasions. We, we said about him threading the ball through the tightest of holes and getting it to a receiver, um, which I, I was quite surprised. I was pleasantly surprised at watching the game and knowing that he was a third-string quarterback. Um, that was one of the things that impressed me most about him, his confidence. Yeah, and a big win like this is only going to help his confidence. But I think yeah. the pressure of expectation for him to win certain games that are coming up on the horizon. You know, if he can get through the next two games, three games without losing, I think that's going to calm a lot of things down for this team. Because right yeah. now it's chaos, you know. No one knows what we're going to be doing from one game to the next. I'm sorry, Nat, I couldn't yeah. do that. No, I was just going to say that, you know, in terms of the fact that, you know, that, that third down kind of efficiency, it's it's based on that, you know, how, how quickly and how accurate he was from throwing, you know, right right from the get-go, wasn't he? And I, I think, you know, that, that I, I guess the concern for me is that, you know, with, with Garoppolo, his third down efficiency, from what I understand, has been quite good this season. And that's kind of, in essence, that that's helped in, in terms of us winning, winning games. Um, but... To be honest, <laughs> I'd rather take a quarterback that can do it, you know, on, on one play, on one pass play or one running play, rather than leading up to that third down and getting us, you know, at those, you know, 10 yards to, to get us closer yeah. to, to that goal line. So, um, yeah, I hope, hopefully it will just, you know, it, it will continue. I think, you know, it, it, is, it is positive. He, he had a real good game, um, you know, 230 per passing yards. All right, the Dolphins had slightly more, but do you know what I mean? They only scored fourteen points, so I, yeah. I guess we, we just, you know, we, we had a lot a lot of time in terms of possession, and we took took them out of the game, really, didn't we? In essence, we could talk about this game against the Dolphins for another couple of hours, and we wouldn't even scrape the surface of it. <laughs> but the the NFL does not sleep, um, and it rolls on forwards to the next game. Okay, let's take a look at the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers game. Uh, we've been joined by Michael Wandai from uh, Niner Empire Germany for this one. So hi to you, Michael. Hello. And uh, so Deepak, what's your thoughts coming up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady after the game that they've had this week? <laughs> Mr. Irrelevant versus the surefire first ballot vote into Canton. And you know what? No one's going to be calling him Mr. Irrelevant anymore because I am going to tell you now. I truly believe we will win. I truly do. Uh, a thought, a thought's just come to me. David versus Goliath. Yeah, yeah. Beavis versus Butthead. Call it what you want, but <laughs> but uh, I do believe we we have a we, we're the team that nobody wants to play right now, you know. And I think the whole thing with Jimmy Garoppolo having what could perhaps be uh, a season-ending injury has has made other teams think, Phew, you know, there's some let up with this team. But, you know, I think I think we're due the luck that we deserve. We've had nothing but bad luck. And, I, and I'm not going to say that we're going to win because of because we're lucky. But I do believe that this team has enough resilience within itself to, uh, to make it. David versus Goliath, yeah. <laughs> the Niners lead the all-time season 18-7. to The Buccaneers winning three of their 15 visits to the Bay Area. Um, looking at the stat line, they're very comparable. Um, both the, the 49ers and the Buccaneers are quite comparable um, 
I think, to, to be honest, given given what Brady's like, they've got that. The, Tampa Bay have got the edge on the passing yards per game versus the 49ers' defensive passing yards per game. But that realistically looks like the only disparity in this. Uh, Michael, what's your thoughts on the game? Uh, I think uh, despite uh, where uh, Tampa is standing right now, it, it will be a hard game. I mean, look at uh, one statistic. Uh, Tom Brady never lost against a rookie, rookie quarterback. So after uh, being the first uh, Mr. Irrelevant who threw a touchdown in the NFL, um, Brock could uh, make a second uh, statistic crumble, uh, the one that where Tom Brady doesn't lose against uh, rookies. Uh, but uh, he needs the help of the defense for that. Uh, and uh, I think the defense will deliver because of the offensive struggles of the Bucks lately. Uh, the Buccaneers beat the uh, beat the New Orleans Saints in Tampa on Monday Night Football, as we as we discussed, seventeen to sixteen. They were they were trailing sixteen to three with three minutes left. So came up with fourteen points in the last three minutes of the game. Now that's a concern for me. Um, the, the the fact that that late in the game, Tampa Bay and Tom Brady can come back from a fourteen point deficit to win the game. The 49ers historically have had a problem with very late in the game comebacks. Will will our offense, will our defense, sorry, be able to withstand that? I think it depends. Is the question if our offense lets them rest and and get a breather in between, then um, we sh- the defense should be able to hold them. There's no reason why they shouldn't. But I'm going back to what Michael said. I completely agree with him. This is going to be another really difficult game. You know, even if Jimmy was still playing, this would be a tough, tough game for us. Yeah, yeah. So I think, again, it largely depends on if the defense can get sufficient rest. Also, we're playing at home as well. And I think that's quite significant as you're going into the season, to the business end of the season, so to speak. Because, you know, one thing we have going on in our favor is we've got some really good momentum, you know, coming into the. this business end of the season, so to speak. And I think that's quite an important factor in this game. It's one of those where you need every single advantage that you can get because right now yeah. we've got our, our QB1 taken from us, but it's affected the player psychologically. A lot of them were very, very upset, you know, that Jimmy was was at that time seemingly done for the season. He might still be done for the season. We don't know for sure. Mm. But they were, you know, it, they were misty-eyed and they were really, really upset, you know, and... We need every advantage we can get right now. We do. Uh, the Niners are opening three and a half point favorites for this game. I'll be honest with you, I'm I'm surprised that it's three and a half. I'd have I'd have put it less than that, maybe two points at most. Um, but we'll take it. Uh, Brock Purdy is up to become the first Mister Irrelevant QB to start an NFL game. Uh, which is an interesting stat. So, first NFL, first Mister Relevance to throw a touchdown in the NFL, in an NFL game, and like I said, first Mister Relevant QB to start an NFL game, which um, impressive for him, impressive for the lad. Yeah, and also I think there's got to come a time 
hopefully after Sunday, where we don't call him Mr. Irrelevant. Anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And unfortunately, he's always going to have that moniker with being the last pick in the draft. But he's proven to, he's pure, proven that Mr. Irrelevant doesn't mean Mr. Worthless. No, he's definitely not worthless. I mean, he, he contributed, made a legitimate contribution to the win. On, Absolutely. On yeah. Sunday. You know, it'd be unfair to not recognize the efforts that he'd made. Do you think the the defence will have as much of an impression on the books and on Tom Brady as we did against the uh, against the Dolphins and Tonga uh, Vailoa? Um, if you're asking me, yeah, I think this defence is going to stamp itself on whoever they play against. They're, they're on a mission. They're determined, they're motivated, and they have the ability, <clears throat> and they are not afraid. And uh, DeMarco Ryan's, my goodness, what a job he's done with this defense. Absolutely, yeah. I think this defense is going to go all out. They're not going to take any prisoners. And they're going to stamp their authority as soon as they can uh, on whoever it is that we're playing. I do apologize for a little audio wobble there. I punched my own microphone somehow. I don't know. (laughs) Michael, do you want to jump in on this? What's your thoughts? Do you think the defense is going to have as much of an effect? Yeah, I, I, I do think so. Um, as I said before, uh, the offense of Tampa Bay is struggling and our defense is, uh, as Deepak said, on a mission. Plus, uh, they have a high for the last four games. I mean, they they stopped the best passing offense in, in the NFL mm. uh, with, with only two big plays uh, allowed. And... Um, those were uh, those two uh, big plays they allowed that were um, problems in the zone coverage when uh, the next guy didn't step up uh, as he should have done. But I think uh, that Demico Ryan's will uh, show that to them and show them where they made the error. And if you look at the last uh, four games, we only allowed two touchdowns in the second uh, or overall so um yeah I, I think they are on a mission and uh, uh coming back to uh brock i i heard uh, Stephen a smith and dan olofsky talking about the 49ers today and dan olofsky said something uh pretty interesting he said uh, in Kyle Shanahan's offense, uh, the only thing Brock Purdy has to do is not to turn over the ball and let his playmakers do do the job. And yeah. I think he's right um, if you look at our playmakers. Uh, he has, uh, as we discussed earlier in the podcast, he has the confidence to be able to throw the ball out there as well against a defense that is average, I would say, against a passing game. Um, and way below average against the rushing game. Yeah. But again, <clears throat> look at what Tom Brady did to the New Orleans Saints. These guys are assassins. They're killers. They'll do you in cold blood. They don't mm. care. You know, this is a game where you cannot afford to take your eye off the ball, not even for one second. And also, you know, I mean, their offense isn't firing, but my goodness, that running back of theirs was the north-south runner. He was phenomenal the other day. You know, he was really, really good. His name escapes me, but you can't take your eye off the ball against a team like this. They've got a, they've got aspirations of their own, and their division yeah. is, is a, not an easy division. It's a tough division. The F- NFC South, you've got Atlanta doing well. New Orleans are a nightmare to beat, you know. 
Uh, you got the Panthers, but who cares about them? But, you know, the rest of them are tough teams. It's a tough division. They want to win it. They want to go to the show. I would expect them to rely heavily on Tom Brady's arm in this game, considering their rushing game. Uh, they're ranked 32nd in the league. Um, so let's just hope Nick Bosa has route one straight to Tom Brady on as many plays as possible and gets that seventh sack or a, a sack in his seventh game running and uh, takes the uh, takes the title on that one. Um, let's take a quick look at the pick six before we round out this show. Weekly winner this week was Cal Dumbbell on 12 points. Uh, the table after week 13. Stephen Box is still top of the list there with 66 points. Bjorn Clyro is in second place with 61 points. And Lise J. Watson has moved up into joint third along with Matthew Evans on 57 points. From the admin host table, Stephen Box, top of the top of the shop, 66 points. James Little and Simon Holdsworth are both tied on 54. Michael, you're in third place on 51 points. So well done to you, sir. Uh, Nathaniel James, 48 points. Graham Ross, 39. Deepak, 32. Mark Lyon, 31. And if you've been listening along for all of the um, all the episodes this season, I'm still on fifth. <laughs> but we know why. Um, so any any final thoughts uh, before this weekend's game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? <clears throat> I used to just watch the offensive line because Trent Williams is so entertaining to watch. Mm. Uh, um, I think really the performance of uh, Purdy uh, and the defence will sort of be a measure of, of how the rest of our season is going to go. And um, I really do believe that the Brock Purdy will will play again it'll be good as well he wouldn't he's not just there for the hell of it i think he's going to show us that he really can play michael any final thoughts yeah i just uh, looked at tom brady he has a two to one record uh, record against the 49ers so let's make it two to two yeah. <laughs> um deepak i'm with you on um i'll be watching brock purdy in this game but i think i'll be concentrating on the line and Seeing how well they can maintain his his pass protection, um, and um, stopping and be getting to him uh, on the run as well. Uh, that is it for this episode of the show. Thanks to everyone who involved in getting the show out there and on the air, and in keeping the Niner Empire GB running. It is time to say goodbye, boys. Good night, everyone. Uh, on behalf of Deepak Gohill, Nathaniel James, and Michael Wandai. I've been Paul MacDonald, you've been the audience, and this has been the Frequency 49 Show. Bye for now.